Secret Satan. A seasonal murder mystery in 24 episodes. Written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Chapter 5 I mentioned last time that I'm used to being in the wrong. I certainly was that Christmas many times. I was also in the right a couple of times, but we'll get to that. My first major error was the Christmas cards. Richard Balls wanted, apparently, to make a splash. Dick wants to make a splash, muttered Lamb, who was sitting beside me in the meeting. I want this department to be proactive in its engagement with the wider corporate infrastructure in a seasonal manner, said Balls. What? said Ned. He wants a Christmas comms project, said Ali, translating. What? said Ned. Exactly, said Balls. Let's ideate. What? said Ned. Brainstorm, said Balls. Work it as a team. Bring our best game to it. There's a start, right? Let's think about our work as a team, okay? How we might evangelise ourselves within the organisation. You mean like a primo video or something, said Ali, trying to decode. It's November, said Lem, with a big no, as in no time, no resource, and no way. Listen, guys, said Balls, I don't want to hear no. Don't give me no. There are no bad ideas. There's a no right there, said Lem. What about a Christmas quiz, said Balls, like a pub quiz, but... Office situated. Different departments can field teams, have a leaderboard and prize giving at the Christmas party. Tony was suddenly less amused. Do you know how complicated that is to code? He said. I don't even think the internet could handle it. Work with me here, team, said Balls. We can crack this. I've got this room booked for the rest of the morning. Oh, God, muttered Edie on the other side of me. We're not getting out of here till he gets his idea, are we? Which is when I made my first mistake. I had a good idea. Well, not good as such, but workable, practical, and good enough for Dick. Uh, what about Christmas cards? I said. Email Christmas cards. Just a form on the internet that sends an HTML card. Pretty straightforward, but it's something everyone can do. Send each other a card. Personalised, accessible, interactive. Balls was obviously just listing keywords now. Tony? Uh, yeah, we've already got most of the code, he nodded. Just a little copy and paste. Just a little copy and paste and a lot of design, said Ned, glaring at me. Not animated, right? Said Lem in a warning tone of voice on one side of me. No heartfelt Seasonal messages, right? Said Edie in a similar tone on the other side. Designed, said Balls. Animated, friendly, brand voice. The rest of the team stared at me balefully and I began to realise the terrible error into which I had stumbled. I love it, said Balls. And he was the only one. They weren't just annoyed because this now meant they were going to have to do a load of new work in November and December, a time Ali usually tried to keep free because it's, well... Christmas. It also played havoc with all the things we usually spent Christmas doing instead, like the team party. Balls immediately insisted that we have the party as soon as possible so that it wouldn't interfere with the Christmas card project. This triply infuriated everyone. 
It was not enough that Richard Balls was now messing with our Christmas party, nor was it just that we would no longer have the party to look forward to throughout December, but it was also that the Christmas party was when we distributed our office secret Santa presents. So all of that, the sorting, the buying, the wrapping, all the organisation and secrecy and expense was going to have to happen even more immediately, like right now. Not that we had a secret Santa in our office, we had a secret Satan. Yes, this is where I finally explain the title of the story. So, how a secret Santa usually works is that everyone taking part gets given the name of one of the other participants entirely at random and then has to buy that person a present. This is an excellent way of avoiding everyone having to buy everyone else a present while assuring that everyone gets one and also taking a lot of pressure out of the whole present buying process. The randomization means you don't spend a huge amount of time choosing the present and the whole thing is done more in the spirit of fun than trying to pick exactly the right gift. The rule of thumb in our office, for instance, was when in doubt, buy sweets. Not least because somebody, usually Tony, will eat them even if the recipient doesn't and the usual spending limit helps too. We had something like that but with a wrinkle, a ghastly, horrifying wrinkle. Me. Although if anyone else called me a ghastly, horrifying wrinkle, well, I wouldn't be at all surprised. At some point in the long ago, I had been given, in a secret Santa, a hideous little statuette. I am partial to a tchotchke. I like a gigor, and it was perhaps forgivable for someone to buy me a little desk ornament, but what was unforgivable was quite how comically, insultingly ugly it was. It was a little pewter demon wearing a Santa hat and beard, carrying a sack bulging with human skulls. The whole thing was about three inches high and alarmingly robust, as many dents in the plasterboard office walls could attest. It's hard to imagine why on earth anyone had designed, manufactured and sold the thing, but it is not too hard to imagine why someone had given it away, because that is what I had done the very next year in the next Secret Santa. And the person who had got it had given it away again as soon as they could, which was the secret Santa after that, and so a tradition was born. The Satan spent most of the year in the departmental stationery cupboard, where its red paste gem eyes would glitter at you balefully every time you went looking for post-its. But one day in early December, you would go for a fresh biro and he would be gone. For each secret Santa, we had two drawers, one for the names and one for the Satan. Whoever got the Satan had to furtively recover him from the cupboard, wrap him up and give him as a present to the name they had drawn. This, then, was our secret Satan. There were other rules, of course, some more informal than others. It was generally expected, for instance, that you would usually try and wrap it in a box that disguised its identity, that made it look or feel like something entirely different, or in so many layers of paper that it doubled or tripled in size. It was generally understood, meanwhile, that this was an inside joke. Only permanent members of staff, only the family ever got given Secret Satan. If somebody got both the name of a freelancer and the Secret Satan in the drawer, they had to request a new drawer or find some way to swap names with someone. The Satan shouldn't, in other words, have gone to Radu, my freelancer and only other team member, and it's why he was so surprised when it did. He hadn't been in on the joke and had no idea what was going on. But that, of course, turned out to be the least of our worries. We should have realised this, though, should have taken that unexpected appearance of Satan as the omen it was. And so, in the interest of fair play, as promised, I'm pointing it out to you now. As you might expect, Satan popping up where you don't expect him is a sign that something, somewhere, is very wrong indeed. You have been listening to Secret Satan 
a workplace mystery presentation in 24 slides, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Our music is Holiday Weasel by Kevin MacLeod from filmmusic.io and our illustrations are by Jamie Lenman, who you can find at jamielenman.com. Our Christmas stories are on Spotify, YouTube and Substack and you can find links to all of these on our website, christmasstories.co.uk or you can subscribe on your podcast app. Wherever you listen, please take time to rate and review and make sure you don't miss the next episode of Secret Satan. Secret Satan.